Buongiorno, because I'm going to use an Italian example today, and I'm very likely to get lots and lots totally wrong, maybe a little bit wrong. Let's give myself a little bit more of a I can do this attitude. That's what we ask our students to do. I want to use Italian as an example of a textbook to make a bridge between what's in the textbook and what I keep on talking about spontaneous use. So I've chosen fairly much at random an Italian textbook and it has this uh, oral practice section to it which looks like più parliamo più impariamo. Not quite sure what all of that means, but I'm pretty sure parliamo is something to do with speaking practice. So this particular one is from quattro. I guess that's form four-ish. I'm not sure. Um, in a textbook called Echo Due. So it's the second level of the textbook, and I'm guessing it's around about year nine or ten. So the picture has a very um, full-looking dog called Gustavo, Bruno, and uh, six pictures altogether. Barbara is the one that's in the example, and Barbara was playing the guitar by the looks of things. She's not looking happy, and there's tiny little lines all around her fingers, which seems to indicate that her fingers are hurting. So... This gives you an idea, if you're an Italian teacher, what it is that students might be thinking when they stare at this particular page of this particular textbook. It has ABAB dialogue. Barbara, che cosa c'è? Maybe. Mi fanno mal el dita. Vai el dottore? Si, vado dal dottore domani mattina al... Eight o'clock. Now I know ocho is eight in Spanish, so it's probably okay, something like that. Again, I'm just being a student trying to figure out something that I don't know from the bits and pieces that I do know. And if I was in a classroom, then perhaps my teacher would help me out a little bit more. Am I going to get to be able to use this spontaneously? by reading it in the textbook like this. I'm tipping not. And it's when students get to be in a situation that they have to use their own imagination to create the dialogue and the communication for that situation. That's when languages gets exciting. That's when language becomes something that you own, that it's part of you as a student and not something that the teacher is telling you to do. And it feels a little bit from a student's point of view, I reckon, of dancing a jig and the teacher saying, jump left, jump right, jump left, jump right. And okay, so, but when I'm making it for myself, I'm feeling like I'm acting in my world. So how can we change this particular dialogue into something that becomes something that creates spontaneous use? I suggest taking the picture itself, taking Barbara's picture with the guitar and the fingers with all the little lines around it and her face that clearly looks unhappy 
and saying to students, what do you know that you could apply to this particular picture? They, I know very, very little Italian, as you've probably figured out from this podcast so far, but I might think C is yes and no is no. So just from those two words that I happen to have picked up without actually studying Italian, I could look at Barbara's picture and hold my hand up and go, no, 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 no. I'm using my own Italian. I'm using my own imagination into that particular thing. If I'd worked on this chapter and I looked at the picture earlier in this particular page, it's got lots and lots of body parts. So I'm helping you to see how a particular textbook that is not necessarily designed for functional classroom language can be bridged into something that might be used in the classroom. So in the textbook, it does have a picture of fingers and it has le dita. Le dita is fingers, I'm guessing, because that's where the le dita sign is and that's where it's all pointing to in the picture. So I would, could say with my picture, no, 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 le dita. Oh, how would I say my? I'm pretty sure that's me. Mi le dita. No, 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 mi le dita and see how I'm beginning to construct that sentence for myself, rather than reading through a a script that's already been chosen for me. Is it helpful to have examples? Of course. And I mentioned that in the last podcast. So much of what I'm doing with the books is creating examples of ways that language might be able to be used in a classroom context. So this textbook has already got the example of how you might be able to use the Italian that you've been learning recently in this particular context. But instead of doing it as a substitution drill, what if you take the picture and then say, okay, here's the body parts page. Now you've got those words. What could you say about this picture? And then the students are actively using that language. So they might have miladita my fingers and say no 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 and then you might introduce male which i'm thinking is bad as in hurting or whatever because i know um, some male type words in english like malevolent and lovely words like that so male is in my head as being a bad thing does it matter that i haven't got mi fanno male i don't think so But if a person's already done the sentence, mi male le dita, then maybe their next step is to put in fanno. You'll have to figure out what that is because I can't help you with it. Getting that active use, then that next step learning is a really important part of the whole puzzle towards being spontaneous. So... I spent some time today writing down what might be a bit of a continuum between looking at a page like that and becoming a lot more active in students' use of language and making that oral use clear. So if you have a page, a modelled text of any variety, listen 
Listening to the text would be a very passive way of engaging with it. Listening to it silently, very, very passive. Listening to it and repeating after the person who's saying something, especially if you're pointing to each word individually and clearly as you're saying it, then you're starting to connect the sound and the shape of the words. There might be some time that needs to be put into checking for meaning as well. Listen and repeat it after is a more passive form than listen and repeat at the same time. Then you have to be a lot more active about what you're saying as you're saying it. The next step from that is to try and read it for yourself out loud and have a teacher or an expert correct you as you go if you need a prompt for a word that you might not know yet. Once you can get to the point of reading the text independently, so we're now up to the fourth level, I think. Let's not count them. I'll get confused. Reading it silently independently is a more passive version of engaging with it than reading it out loud. Standing up and acting it out while you're reading it out loud brings that to a more active step again. Getting to a point where you know the text well enough that you don't have to read from the text and you can act it out, we're getting more and more active with it, but you're still saying something that somebody else made for you at that point. So memorizing it and acting it out as a script that's been made for you is still not close to spontaneous use, although it's getting further, getting closer. Once you start to make your own, now making your own has also several levels in it. You can make your own by doing a single word substitution. Um, maladita and daltita, that was fingers, wasn't it? Male dal ocho. So I'm just substituting what is bad for a little while. That's a one word substitution is probably the lower order. If you can chop the sentence and reorder it, then you're getting a better um, grasp on which words which and where it goes in the sentence. Combining lots of words, so having a variety of words sitting there and then putting them together into the sentence for yourself, that's another way of creating the sentences. So creating the sentences for yourself in a workshopped environment, so you're not expected to just jump up and say it, but you create it in a workshopped environment. Then automating the patterns, finding the patterns that help you put that sentence together, automating those patterns so that you know how the sentences go together, and at the same time automating a small number of vocabulary. I think we overcook how many words we need to learn to be able to use a particular type of sentence. So I didn't learn all of the body parts. There are about 20 there, maybe more. I learned dito for my fingers and ocho for my eyes. Oco, ocho, one of those. And that's enough for me at the moment because I can put the sentence together and play with the words with just a couple of words. So automate the sentence patterns, automate the words themselves so that you know them 
and then say sentences that are not pre-written. So you go into a scenario and you imagine, oh, there's a person who has a guitar on their lap and they're waving their fingers in the air. What do you think might have happened and how could you respond to that using the Italian you know? Once you've done that in contexts that you've kind of made up, right? So scenarios that you've put into place for the purpose of practicing. The next step from that is where you can use scenarios that you haven't made up. So what scenarios might you have through your week where you might be asking somebody about, do their fingers hurt or are they okay? And then when you can be in one of those scenarios and actually use the language that you've been practicing, that's when you hit that magical, spontaneous use of language in context. I hope that helps a little bit. Ciao, Or I should say, because the Italian, ciao.